You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my new series, Paris. My character, Gray Parrish, was a getaway driver. I'm retired from life. You know that. He's in a world over his head. Tell me about this driver job. And he's asked to start to figure things out. I did what you told me to. He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parrish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. School of Humans. This is Racket Inside the Goal Club, Episode 5, The Siren's Call. What would the Goal Club story be without basketball? Just before Steve Kaplan took ownership of the Goal Club, the Chicago Bulls had their first three-peat, winning three consecutive championships. Then Michael Jordan stunned the world when he announced his retirement. Basketball was rivaling football as the American sport. Basketball is also what brought two people together. Steve Kaplan and Thomas Cignano, who you know as Ziggy. They first met in the mid-1980s at a New York nightclub owned by a mutual friend. And Ziggy was impressed with Kaplan's business know-how. Kaplan was operating a big club himself called Heatwave, so he was giving their mutual friend some advice. But what sealed the deal on Kaplan and Ziggy's friendship was when the conversation turned to basketball. They were both huge fans of the sport. A couple days after they met, Kaplan invited Ziggy to his newsstand at Penn Station. And from there on, Kaplan gave Ziggy copies of the 35 basketball magazines he sold at the store. He introduced Ziggy to his family. A few years later, Kaplan was opening another newsstand in Penn Station, and he asked Ziggy to supervise the construction. This was the first time Ziggy worked with Kaplan. But then the gig snowballed. Ziggy helped out at Kaplan's nightclub, Bedrocks. He was even assistant manager of Kaplan's cigar store also in Penn Station, called Puff and Stuff. This is an actor reading Ziggy's testimony. Steve, he's a very... If Steve likes you and he considers you his friend, he wants to bring you into his fold. He's a very generous, very, you know, what's mine is yours kind of guy. In the early 90s, Kaplan invited Ziggy down to Florida, where he was operating two successful clubs, Club Heaven and Club Boca. 
Kaplan offered Ziggy a job as general manager, but he declined. At the time, Ziggy was running a youth basketball program with about 700 kids in Brooklyn. Kaplan became a big financial supporter. He organized fundraisers. He co-sponsored trips to college campuses so that Ziggy's kids stood a better chance of being recruited. Ziggy would still help Kaplan from time to time. He'd go down to Florida for a week or two. He even went with Kaplan to Atlanta when he was scouting properties to expand his nightclub empire. Kaplan and Ziggy's relationship, however, wasn't always that great. They'd have disagreements and stay away from each other for months. We were friends, and we were... Sometimes we would get into arguments or disagreements, and I may not have liked something that was going on, and I would just say, it's been fun for now, pack my clothes, and if I was living down here, I'd leave. If I was in New York, I would just leave. But they'd always reunite when Kaplan made the effort. Well, it was always initiated by somebody around Steve. Someone would call one of his, one of his uh, employees, one of the associates would call me and, you know, say, you know, do you want to come back to work? Steve misses you. You know, you miss him. It's basketball season. You know, it could be a number of things and that's how we'd come back. When Kaplan got the keys to the gold club, Ziggy became a fixture there. When he was in Atlanta, he'd stay at Kaplan's house. Their whole lives were going to and from the club, working 12 to 15 hour shifts together. Ziggy hit the streets and handed out flyers to promote the club. He did anything Kaplan needed that wasn't in someone else's job description. He became what managers affectionately referred to as the gold club's official pointer outer. He'd point out when employees arrive late or not in their uniforms. He'd point out customers wearing flip-flops or managers sitting down. He'd even point out smaller things, like if a light bulb was out in the dressing room. But Kaplan never thought Ziggy's discerning eye would be used against him. While Kaplan and Ziggy were close friends, Ziggy was despised by most of the Gold Club staff. Remember, he's the one who chime in during staff meetings to call everyone bitches. For the employees, his presence was toxic, adding to the stress of the Gold Club's competitive work environment. Entertainer Jacqueline Bush is one of the people who disliked Ziggy. She also said that Ziggy had an inferiority complex about Kaplan. He's always been jealous of Steve because Steve is so successful and he's such a douchebag. Like, I can't stand the thought of that man. The things, the way he used to talk to the women, the way he used to treat them, I would say to Steve all the time, Steve, keep that man out of this building. He insults your girls. He talks down to them. He's he's just rude. He's rude on so many levels because he feels like he's your boy, that he can just do whatever he wants in this club. And that's not how you operate. That's not how you keep your staff happy. So he kicked him out of the club and made him go back to New York. Anything I wanted, I got. So Ziggy was one hostile presence at the club. But some employees also didn't like Steve Kaplan's preferential treatment of Jacqueline. Her attorney, Bruce Harvey, sums it up nicely. I I suspect that all the other dancers thought that she was a favorite of Steve's and was treated differently and was treated better and had more access um, and got more money. And, and, and you know, 
It's like any hierarchy. In a hierarchy, those at the bottom, yeah, like a dog sled, have the same view throughout the race. And I think it's a built-in jealousy, animosity, thinking that, that you're being kept down, not because of your talent or anything else, but because someone else is a favorite. Spats broke out from time to time between Jacqueline and the other employees. There were power struggles between her and the managers because she was firing people without their permission. One time she found an entertainer named Shauna having sex in one of the gold rooms. Jacqueline told her she had to go home. Shauna said, who the fuck do you think you are? You're an entertainer like the rest of us. You're not a manager. Shauna's talking about this double standard at the club. After all, Jacqueline and the women under her wing could do whatever they wanted. The other entertainers couldn't get away with shit. Not on Jacqueline's watch. Like any workplace, there were plenty of trysts among the employees. Like with Roy Chicola, the manager who was a gym rat and rode motorcycles. Here's his attorney, Nick Latito. The women there uh, liked him, and uh, he liked them. It was kind of funny. There was a gold club calendar, I guess, of, you know, like Miss January and, and so on. And, uh, you know, he probably had uh, dated 10 or 11 of the uh, women on the calendar. Latito told us the story about an incident with the manager Norby and his girlfriend, who also worked at the club. She became suspicious of him, thinking he was cheating on her with someone else at the club. You know, he was dating somebody who was sort of like a, I don't think she was a dancer, but she was there a lot and I guess had access to the safe. And um, so there were condoms in there, in the safe, and, you know, she was noticing that they were, the stack of them was dwindling. And um, she became suspicious of, of Norby, I guess, have, you know, using them or something like that. And I'm a bad punster, and one of my comments was, at least they were having safe sex. In her book, Jacqueline talked about how she had sexual rendezvous with Gold Club customers and insinuated she and Dennis Rodman spent a lot of time together. Jacqueline also dated some of her coworkers, like Amanda, who she broke up with because she was doing too much ecstasy for Jacqueline's taste. But beyond the humdrum of normal workplace gossip, some bigger betrayals were on the horizon. We'll be right back. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. 
Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. When the indictment against the club came down in November 1999, Jacqueline felt like she was hit with a sledgehammer. She said this in one of our first phone calls with her. My mother found out on CNN that I got indicted. I didn't even get a chance to call my mother. I got the call at 10 a.m., get dressed, be down at the federal building in an hour. We're indicted. What? I fainted right there in my bedroom. I knew it was coming. I just didn't know when, but when it finally comes, it's so overwhelming. Emotionally, it it just, it hits you like a sledgehammer and you're just like, I can't breathe. These people have me in their grips right now. Like my life is no longer mine right now. It belongs to the federal government. And it's a frightening place to be. They said you did it, you did it, and that's the bottom line. So prove yourself innocent so you can get the hell out of there. When that RICO Act comes down, it's over. It's not about, it's, there. there is no, I'm innocent till proven guilty anymore. Now you have to prove that you're innocent. You have to prove it yourself. And to me, that's a backwards ass way to do shit. Like, if you're telling me I'm innocent until I'm proven guilty, that's your burden of proof. You prove me guilty, not me prove myself innocent to you. Show me what I did that warrants you to put all these charges on me. Oh, you don't have that? I didn't think so. From the beginning, the defendants were going through hell. Jacqueline's life was turning upside down. And then when it came down, it came down, and it was frightening. I went to the bank, not knowing. They froze all my assets. I was worth $1.5 million. They took everything. They took everything. I lived a very lavish lifestyle that I worked my ass off to build. I still have people ask me, how do you deal with losing that type of money? I'm like, you just do, because there's nothing you can do about it. You can't get it back. You don't have it anymore, so you just have to reinvent your life and and keep it moving. One thing that people say about Kaplan 
whether on the government side or the defense, is that he's loyal. He always looks out for his people. But some of those people didn't look out for him. In early 2000, Ziggy enters a guilty plea and becomes a star witness for the prosecution against Kaplan. Here's the prosecutor, Art Leach. Ziggy was one of Steve Kaplan's best friends. And Ziggy is a Brooklyn guy, New York guy. And uh, Ziggy was brought down here to help manage the club and did. So he had insight into all manner, every aspect of the case. And um, Ziggy hired an attorney who's fairly famous out of New York, Ed McDonald. And on Ed's first trip to Atlanta, he said to me that Ziggy wants to cooperate. He doesn't want to fight. He wants to sit down, have a proffer with you. So Ed came into town. We sat down. We accepted the proffer. And Ziggy was one of our cooperators throughout the trial. So what you're looking for when you have a cooperator like that is you want the inside-out view of what's happening within the Gold Club organization, and that's what Ziggy provided to us. Ziggy began handing information over to the government. He tells them the story about Larry Johnson coming to the club and Kaplan saying he should give these guys whatever they want. He tells them about how Kaplan's favorite basketball player, John Starks, came to the club when Kaplan was in Florida, how Kaplan immediately hopped on a flight to Atlanta sent three entertainers to Stark's hotel room and had two of them perform oral sex on each other. The third had intercourse with Stark's. Ziggy says that when he asked whether Kaplan paid the entertainers, Kaplan said they were taken care of. Ziggy tells the government that Kaplan was hands-on at the Gold Club and knew about the sexual activity. Ziggy outlines the formula, how Kaplan would manipulate customers to get more money out of them. He also tells him about a loan sharking agreement Kaplan had with a guy named Johnny D, and tells him about meetings they had with known gangsters in New York, and Kaplan's involvement with Shorty Mascuzio's death. He tells him about one day in 95, when he went with Kaplan to the airport. They had two cars because they were picking up a big party which included Kaplan's brother and an old friend, John Gotti Jr. Ziggy knew who he was, from the newspaper, by reputation, of course, but also what Kaplan previously told him. And this is kind of funny. Everyone seems to have a different nickname for John Gotti Jr. Kaplan called him Jr., but then Ziggy starts calling him Griffey, after baseball player Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Jr. had also followed his father into his respective profession. After Kaplan and Ziggy pick everyone up from the airport, they all go out to a sports bar in town. Ziggy starts talking with Griffey, and eventually the conversation turns to his favorite thing, basketball. We got into a little bit of a heated exchange on sports. He was saying football players are better athletes than basketball players. And I was saying, no, they're not. Ziggy wasn't the only employee at the Gold Club who started working with the government. A few of them told the prosecution that they were getting threats of violence from none other than Steve Kaplan. 
Remember, in 2000, Kaplan almost got rearrested because of someone accusing him of threatening their life. And then Art Leach told us about this witness. After the indictment, and it was one of our witnesses, and um, they beat her so severely that basically all of her front teeth were knocked out uh, in an effort to intimidate her, and it worked. I mean, we lost her for a long period of time, to say six months, where we could not find her, could not communicate with her. Uh, we were concerned for her physical safety. In other words, was she still alive? And when we finally found her, it was uh, a really horrible situation. That witness was Alicia Mitchell, who had worked under Kaplan for about eight years. Alicia first worked with him at Club Boca in Florida. She then worked at the Gold Club as a Gold Bucks girl, one of the women selling the Monopoly money called Gold Bucks to customers. And then there's a program which I had never used the entire time that I had been within the Department of Justice where crime victims, uh, particularly this kind of crime victim where something horrible physically has happened, can actually be compensated to try to repair some of that damage. They uh, did implants and replaced her teeth, and I never got to see her, but I just knew through the, the grapevine that those things were happening. You just can't have that kind of violence exercised against one of your witnesses in the case and not take action. I mean, if you look at it from our perspective, from the Department of Justice perspective, no way. Not going not gonna to allow that to happen and just breeze by it. Alicia gave two different grand jury testimonies. In the first, she describes her relationship with Steve Kaplan as amicable. She was actually the same Goldbucks girl who had skimmed money off the top while working. Kaplan scolded her, but didn't fire her. But a few months later, she came back and completely changes her story. Echoing Ziggy, she tells Leach about a loan sharking scheme in Florida, about how Kaplan and Norby met with gangsters collecting profits off the street, She says that Kaplan dated her daughter and called her daughter a scumbag. She says that Kaplan forced her to have sex with customers or she'd be fired, and points out that it wasn't just Kaplan running the sex schemes. All the managers, even the accountant Larry Gleit, were part of arranging sex between entertainers and customers. She says that Kaplan sometimes paid her in cash for her shifts and begged her not to tell anyone. Now, she also says that she'd seen John Gotti Jr. at the club, but she doesn't call him Jr. or Griffey. Instead, she said he introduced himself as Greg. We should point out that when we mentioned Alicia Mitchell to the defense attorneys, most of them can't remember who she was, or they thought she was an unreliable witness. Defense counsel would say is that, um, you know, her credibility was called into question. But, you know, I I strongly disagree with that. Leach says that Ziggy also received threats. There were several different instances where things happened where uh, he felt like he was in immediate bodily harm. and, and And I believe him. But what I recall was he was on a Brooklyn street and he crossed the street and a van pulled up and stopped sharply and guys got out of the van and he just thought, it's all over right here. It's all done. And, it, and words were exchanged, but they did not harm him. 
Steve Kaplan's lawyer, Steve Sadow, doesn't think Ziggy's testimony for the government is credible at all. He says that Ziggy quickly changed his tune from the first day they met. The first person I met at the club was Ziggy, the day of the raid. So I spent time talking to Ziggy. He kept telling me how great the club was, how well it was run, how all these allegations were bullshit, how none of this stuff about the organized crime was true. It was all bogus. Ziggy stayed part of the defense group. Uh, He went and met with a former federal prosecutor with the strike force up in the Northeast, and the strike force attorney took him to the government and turned him into a cooperating witness. And they offered him, as you can imagine, an amazing deal uh, to cooperate. So he was their ace in the hole. He knew everything about Steve's operation. You know, every woman, every entertainer, everything. When asked to describe Ziggy, Sadow says that he's a coward. He was a coward. No backbone at all. We'll be back. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. There are choices that can change your life. Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45. It's one of the most common cancers for women and men, and it doesn't always have symptoms. But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it. And there's even better news. You have screening options. Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your screening options. Or visit cdc.gov screenforlife for more information. If you're potentially facing years behind bars, but then receive an offer to dodge all that, what would you do? When Seda was talking about Ziggy switching sides, he was describing a strategy used by prosecutors, whether they were pursuing the mafia or otherwise. Pick co-defendants, turn them against the lead defendants, and offer a deal to them so they could skip prison time. Bruce Harvey explains it like this. It's, it's very very difficult, if not impossible, for people to resist the siren call of the government when they are pressuring you to 
to cooperate. At, at the end of the day, I think that people act out of their own self-interest, uh, which is uh, understandable, of course, because that's who should be first in protecting their interests. People are going to do what they need to do to, to, to help themselves. I, I, I see it every day. I continue to see it every day. The government still works in that fashion. Congress has made it exceedingly difficult not to do that. You get rewarded for, for cooperating. The government rewards you for cooperating. The judges reward you for cooperating. It takes incredible strength, incredible strength and intestinal fortitude to resist that. So I think it's as simple as that. Here's Sadow again. What the government likes to do is pick off defendants, co-defendants, and turn them against the lead defendants to work up the chain, uh, to get the least culpable to turn on what they claim to be the most culpable. Now, out of that group, uh, we lost Ziggy. We lost one, another one of the entertainers or dancers um, who turned out to be key witnesses for the government. The entertainer he's referencing is Yana Pelnis, who was actually the first person to take a guilty plea. This could be considered a failure on the defense because their first priority is to make sure their clients don't switch sides. I gave her uh, an attorney, a female attorney, who was very close to me, very friendly attorney, who I felt very confident would look after her. Um, she gave in. She bowed to the pressure. Sadow took this very personally. And after that, I told everyone, including her, that I would never speak to her again until Steve Kaplan's case was completely over. Uh, and didn't. We went through a period of time for years where we didn't talk. Uh, but everyone else stayed packed, which meant that the government couldn't tear us apart. Steve Kaplan's only concern in putting together his defense was Nothing is going to happen to my employees. I'm not selling them out to help myself. If anyone takes the heat here, it's going to be me. It's my club. These are my employees. They were loyal to me, and I'm going to show the loyalty back to them. Losing Yana to the government was especially painful for Jacqueline Bush. Yana and I are from Milwaukee together. We used to hang out together. We had the same mutual friends. We worked in the same strip clubs back there. She and I were tight. And I couldn't believe that she got so, she, her, I can say she was just scared. She's terrified. She didn't want to go to jail because they threatened her. They told her, you know, you're going to jail. We're going to take your child from you. Like they threatened her with all this stuff. So she turned state's evidence. Well, the sad part for her was you fell for the okey-doke, and the federal government turned you into a state liar. Jacqueline said that after the indictment came down, the environment at the club was vicious. Entertainers would tell customers that she was one of the people indicted. They were making jokes about her going to prison. She didn't feel like dancing. She was drinking too much. It's, it's, a, it's not funny on any level. It's frightening. I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life not watching my kids grow up. 
If they lost the Gold Club case, all of the defendants could spend decades in jail. Even if their sentences were just months long, they could lose their licenses and their jobs. They could fall into financial ruin and be labeled a convict. For Jacqueline, something had to give. She couldn't be at the Gold Club anymore. She quits. On her last night at the club, she goes up to the DJ booth and uses the microphone to thank everyone for their support and concern. And she ends by saying, and to all the people who have been dogging me out, when all this is said and done, I can't wait to come back, look you in the face, and tell you to kiss my fucking ass. The threat of just being part of a legal scandal was frightening for all the people at the club. Even the people who weren't indicted were scared. Here's Norby's lawyer, the other Bruce, Bruce Morris. The FBI made friends with everyone they could to get them to testify. And part of the speech they made to them is, listen, you were part of this. Now, we really want your cooperation uh, and we want you to come in and tell the truth of what we know happened and you don't have to do that but uh, you know as a part of it you have criminal responsibility here and while we really don't want to necessarily prosecute you uh, we always have that option Uh, and faced with that kind of choice a number of people dancers uh, floor manager, uh, Jennifer Romanello, who worked as a gold bucks girl, uh, took the opportunity to join the government team, as it were, knowing that uh, they would not be prosecuted. Attorney Bruce Morris's client was the manager, Norby. And Norby's girlfriend, Jennifer Romanello, also became a government witness. She ends up testifying for the government, logging hours of taped phone calls between her and Norby and talking at all hours of the night with FBI agents. When describing one of the government's witnesses, a journalist wrote, Gold Club trial jury knows no fury like testimony from a former girlfriend. That journalist wasn't talking about Jennifer, though he may as well have been. The former girlfriend was a woman named Debbie Pinson. Debbie used to work at the Gold Club and said she used to date Kaplan. In June 2000, when Sadow and Kaplan directed entertainers to record interviews with witnesses, Kaplan also hired a private investigator to find Debbie and interview her. The PI found Debbie working at a hotel in Las Vegas. They actually knew each other because he had previously done business for Kaplan back in Atlanta. They went out to lunch and the PI told her he was worried about being investigated by the FBI because of his affiliation with the club. But this was all just a ruse to record what she had to say. He was wearing a hidden microphone. Debbie had a lot on her mind. Kaplan had made her life miserable. He humiliated her at the Gold Club when she accidentally walked in on a dancer giving oral sex to Patrick Ewing of the New York Knicks. Kaplan was furious at her for walking into the room. It went on for hours. It went on for days, she told the detective. Debbie said Kaplan loved it, thrived on it, reveled in it when the Gold Club dancers had sex with celebrities. 
These girls performed things. They did, she said. They did prostitute for him, and you know it, and I know it. And what did Kaplan do all this for? Debbie said, free basketball tickets the rest of his life. On the next episode of Racket, the trial begins. In the Gold Club case, they're cutting deals with killers and torturers to get a guy who runs a strip club. When I say the torture chamber, I mean, we're really talking about your bathtub, correct? And I started dancing, and I was taking my coat off, and I was swinging my coat over my head, and everybody was going, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Trials are theater, but with freedom and liberty at stake. And it got real personal a couple of times where there were accusations from the defense, and, you know, people are more professional than you'd hope. Racket Inside the Gold Club is a production of School of Humans and iHeartRadio. Racket's written and narrated by me, Christina Lee, and produced by Gabby Watts. Caroline Slaughter is our supervising producer. Special thanks to Taylor Church and Sonam Vashi. Music is by Claire Campbell, and sound design and mix is by Tune Welders. This episode features the voiceover talents of Judah Andrews. Executive producers are Brandon Barr, Elsie Crowley, and Brian Lavin, along with Scott Grubman and Lauren Zimmerman. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.